Reading the Bible Together podcast. I'm your host, Angela Smith, and today we are talking about Acts chapter 4. I am very excited about my guest today. It is Program Director for Faith Radio, Ben Holson. Welcome, Ben. Thank you, Angela. It's so happy to be here. Yeah. So this is a tough chapter. It is. <laughs> Thank you for signing me up for this one. Yeah, I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know why people sure. were having a hard time talking about chapter four in Acts. So if you have not read the chapter, I suggest you actually go read the chapter and then come back and listen to this conversation. But spoiler alert, it's about the persecution that began in the early church. Mm, Yeah, it is the beginning. And it is so interesting how, you know, we, we put ourselves kind of in their shoes. They were the ones that saw Jesus Mm -hmm. in real life. They saw him die. They saw him rise again. They saw him ascend into heaven. And now they are to go tell everyone about Jesus. And can you imagine what their life was like? And so as I was reading through chapter 4, just thinking about some of the persecution and the beginning of the persecution, and we'll cover this in some of the questions, what a privilege to be able to be persecuted for Jesus. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just, it's like... It doesn't make any sense for what the world says at all. No, that well, and a lot of times Jesus's kingdom is talked referred to as an upside down Amen. kingdom, and that I think would be part of that mm. upside down. Yeah, I completely agree. It's just to be able to be there. I mean, we experience Jesus in the most real ways, but we don't see him with our own eyes sitting on this chair right next to us. We don't see him teaching us parables sitting right here. They did, right? They did. I know. Jesus with skin on. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. That is amazing. So let we'll, uh, we're going to follow the study guide questions. Does that sound good? Sure. Is that what kind of stood out to you as these questions, or were there other things that stood out to you in the chapter? Well, I think let's let's talk about um, the questions, and then some other things will that that stood out. I think okay. it's it's such a a living, breathing chapter, and it's just such a gift to be able to have the study guide, read this together, and to be able to to listen to this podcast together. I know I do it in my living room. My wife and I do it together. But I know there are hundreds, you know, maybe thousands of people out there doing this together at the same time. And it is such a gift to know that I am not alone. Right. That, I mean, obviously God is with us, but that Mm -hmm. other people are going through the same process as you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Such a gift to be able to do that together. So the first question is, persecution begins to become a regular thing for the Christians in Acts. Why do you think God doesn't shield his people from persecution? That's one of the most commonly asked questions on the internet. I just Googled, why does God, and it came up, let bad things happen? Mm -hmm. Right? Right, yep. And so that's a question that I think a lot of people have. I mean, God gave us freedom of choice. He obviously, he wants us to choose to love him, Right. Um, can you imagine being forced to love something? How does that work? You know, not that's very, not really love. Then. No, it's not love. It's not love at all. So um, God uses suffering and persecution and the troubles that you have in your life to draw you closer to Him and to grow you into to better people, to give you your mission and your calling. Oftentimes, and so when you talk about the kingdom of God being flipped upside down. We see things as, ooh, that's painful, ooh, that's suffering, or ooh, that's persecution. Um, You know, I I, I go to James 1 and just say, God, thank you for my problems. Thank you for my troubles. Because everything, every finite detail in my life, you are in control of. 
And I know that you're going to work for the good for those who love him, which is you and I. Yeah, I think it's helpful to know that when we go through pain, that there will be purpose. God will make a purpose mm-hmm. from that versus just pain for pain's sake. Of course. I mean, it's been a privilege for you. So um, infertility is part of my background and lots of loss. I had about a dozen losses in four years. So just a lot of grief. And I'm able to come alongside people who mm. are having trouble getting pregnant or who have had miscarriages or who have had a lot of loss in their in their life in a different way, because I think that can be uncomfortable and sometimes people don't know what to say. Sometimes I don't know what to say. But I think once you've gone through pain and experienced pain, if you're open to God using that and using you, you'll he'll he'll do that in a way that you didn't expect that becomes such a privilege mm. to be able to come into those painful parts of life with people and to be able to be there with them. And then when you know, God uses you to minister to someone in some way through that, it's a it's a huge gift. Amen. I think that's, you know, what James was talking about. Thank you, God, for the gifts. And then, you know, to give us our mission and our calling. When you're going through something terrible, and you can probably list off five things as you were listening to Angela's story there. Well, I, you know, I've been through this and this and this and this. The next time you go through something like that, submit to God and ask him what he's teaching you through this. Yeah, so good. So uh, let's go into the next question. What stands out to you about the believer's prayer in four twenty three through thirty one? Ooh, I think um, selflessness, trust in God, um, how God is in control of absolutely everything. Um, he was in control of of you know the miracle. He was in control of their arrest. He was in control of the questions that they were being asked. He was in control of the threats that were being made to them. And I think in verse 29, um, this verse really stood out to me, basically said, consider their threats and uh, it enabled us to speak your word with great boldness, to work through us, to use us in the name of Jesus. And what great honor is that? Such an, such an honor to be used by God um, in such a, a really pressure filled situation where you think, well, we've seen this story before. Jesus went through this same exact thing and they crucified him on the cross in the most brutal possible way. That same thing, I'm sure in the back of their heads were, you know, that same thing could happen to us, but God's in control. And even if that happens to us, we're still going to speak the truth and we're going to still be, we're still going to be bold because God lives inside us and God speaks our words God thinks our thoughts, and God is controlling this entire situation. He's sovereign over it. Mm. Yeah. It seemed to really fuel the fire that they had for God, it seemed like. Yeah, I think so, right? And um, before this episode, you and I prayed, and I'd written this down, because basically their believer's prayer to me summarized was, God, help me do great things in your name, not for my glory, but for your glory, so people can know about you. So we can, so we're not afraid of sharing our faith or our experiences or what we've seen or what we've learned or what we've we've um, been through living with Jesus day by day, walking this earth with Him. There's an important calling and mission on our life, and we cannot do this because people like the Sanhedrin and and you know anybody else in the religious organization could kill them. They've seen it happen multiple times. It's going to happen multiple times throughout the rest of Acts. But God is in control, 
and you can do great things with God. Well, and he's as I think we I think Dr. Fox and I talked about this in the introductory episode is that this when the persecution starts, they scatter and actually end up fulfilling yep. the mission that Jesus had given them, you know, to go to Jerusalem and Judea, Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Well, they hadn't gone very far. And so when this persecution happens, they scatter and take the message of the risen Christ that they can people can be reconciled to God with them. And so we see, you know, God here even using the persecution to fulfill his purpose, to expand his kingdom. That's another reason why I love reading the Bible together and I love this study guide and I love the podcast because there are some people that didn't think of it that way. Right. You know? mm-hmm. And there are so many, wow, aha moments to help you understand God better and to grow your relationship with him. I mean, what a gift that is. Yep. And then the last question for chapter four is, we once again see a summary of the community of the early church. How would you describe their community? Mm. Again, I just wrote down selfless, uh, grateful, sincere hearts, something that I pray and ask for every single day. Just imagine, I know we kind of, we point back to chapter two and, and verse 43. This line stood out to me. Everyone was in awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. So just imagine what you were seeing, what you were experiencing, whether you came in contact with with Jesus or not. These people had come in contact with Jesus, and they were doing some of the same things that Jesus did because Jesus was living in them. They were growing in number, and so that was also um, people want to be things that are growing. You know what I mean? Um, and so more people believed. There was there was just love, God's love for them and God's love for each other. Complete selflessness, selling their things and honoring the other person. Sacrificial love. We talk about agape and God's love for us, mm-hmm. which is a sacrifice. God sending his son uh, to die for our sins. That's that's a love for somebody else that is basically in sacrifice of myself. That is such an amazing gift that God has given us and what I saw and what I see swirling in that community. Isn't that amazing? It is amazing. Yeah, the, what I had written down was that it was more about the we yeah. than the me. Yeah, amen. And I think for those of us, especially in American Christianity where we're in a culture where it's about we're in a me culture, I don't think we're as prone to think about the we of it. I live on a circle and we live near a lake and so we have deeded access to the lake. There are certain rules for when you use the shared lot and the shared space. And we were at a meeting and everybody was talking about, well, I want this and I want that and this is what works for me. And and so I finally said, I think we need to think more collectively about what works for the we, not the me. And I see that's what the church is mm. doing. You know, people are selling their property and being about this community. And there there was no poverty. There was no poverty in the early church because of the we mm. of it. This last weekend, as I was reading through um, Acts 4, my almost two-year-old daughter loves watching Finding Nemo. <laughs> and there are those birds, and I'm not, seagulls, I think they are. But I've actually ev- not seen it. Okay. I don't, I won't. They find him at the end. Okay. <laughs> uh, it's called Finding Nemo. Um, but anyway, the birds, when they see a fish or they see something, they're all together and they all say in unison, mine, 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 mine. Mm. And so after, the, after watching that this weekend, it stood out again in, in a different way after reading Acts 4. God, help me not be one of those people. Mm. 
to be mine, 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 mine. Help me be the people of Acts 4, of the original church, to be these words that I wrote down, selfless, to trust in you, grateful, sincere hearts, you know. What a great reminder as we all draw closer to Jesus. Yeah. Was there anything else from chapter 4 that had stood out to you? I have written down back in 4 or 8 through 11 that... So when Peter is in chart in front of the rulers and the elders, that it reminded me back in Luke 21, where Jesus said, don't worry about what you'll say, mm. that the Holy Spirit will come upon you and mm. give you the words to say. And I think we're, yeah. we're seeing that here. I mean, time and time again, when they're, when the apostles and the, the followers of Jesus are, are getting arrested. And I mean, we see it, sorry, spoiler alert, later with Stephen, that mm. they give this whole account of the history of God's people. And I just, that struck, that stuck out to me. I, I'm grateful that you said that because it, it is so important when you're going into a meeting or you're going to be a guest on this podcast with Angela <laughs> and you're praying before. That's a really, that's a really important prayer. God, speak my words, mm-hmm. think my thoughts, come up with the ideas to tell more people about you or, you know, make my decisions as you pray. I think that's, that's a really important uh, detail and I'm grateful that, that you brought that up. Well, Ben, thank you so much for joining me. Thank this you was, for having me. What this is a tough chapter that I signed you up for, and you did it perfectly. Thank you very much. I appreciate <laughs> it. Well, thank you for joining us for Acts chapter 4. I hope you subscribe to the podcast so that you don't miss any episodes, and we'll see you next time for Acts chapter 5. The Reading the Bible Together podcast is a production of Faith Radio and Northwestern Media. Hosted, produced, and edited by Angela Smith. If you've enjoyed this podcast and want to hear more, consider financially supporting Faith Radio. Find more information at MyFaithRadio.com.